This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 48, sponsored by ComicHole.com. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 48. My name's Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And I'm very pleased to be here with Josh. Hi! Hey, you made it! I'm alive. You're alive and a resident of New York. Yay. I am. 
Congratulations. I'm now only 12 miles away from Connor. Welcome. Do you you regret it? How much do you regret it? I won't regret it soon. (laughs) (laughs) How's that that work? (laughs) Let me tell you something. Uh, Driving across the country, that part's fine. Moving into a new place... That's the tough part, right? That, like, you know nothing about... It's... Whew... Yeah. But, that, but but it can also be fun. It's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. I like I like I liked those adventures when I was twenty two a lot. <laughs> Older, not so much. God, it's amazing. <laughs> and now I'm just like sore and I'm like tired. I'm like, oh, can I pay someone to do this? <laughs> I understand illegal labor now, <laughs> and it sounds like a good deal. How old are you it. again? I'm twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I fanboy crotchety, crotchety, crotchety. <laughs> now that I fanboys back together as one unit, uh, we want to remind you that we like comics, and every week we read the comics that come out, and one of us picks uh, our favorite book and writes a review that you can read as the pick of the week on ifanboy.com. But then we gather here together and record this podcast for you and talk about that book as well as whatever else is going on in the world of comics. Um, but before we dive right in, quick warning, we're going to be reviewing this week's comics, so we might give stuff away, might, a couple spoilers might crop up, so if you haven't read Civil War or any of the other books or anything like that, don't listen. <laughs> Come back after you've read the books. Um, so in honor of Josh's return to the East Coast, uh, we let him pick the book this week. Well, that yeah. I was supposed to do it last week. Quote, unquote, let him. Yeah. <laughs> De facto, because yeah. I, was, I, I was out of town and Connor was, I don't know, Connor. Um, so, so, um, so Josh, uh, I'll hand it off to you. Well, it should be noted that as much as I said I'm sort of beat down and tired now, when I wrote this on Wednesday, I was really tired. So I don't, I don't know if this was actually any good or not. No. <laughs> um, I've got to say pick, before we get started, though, I was very pleased to see what you picked. So. Where, I, I, you know what? Honestly, after I read everything, I had no choice but to pick Astonishing X-Men 17. Which, uh, astute users will note, uh, means that I've picked two X books in a row. Woo! Is Armageddon? Is it? I know. Pestilence, plague, and famine can't be far behind. <laughs> and those are Horsemen of Apocalypse from the X Men books. Oh, jeez. Well, it probably goes back a little further than that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Claremont write a lot of Dante's Inferno? <laughs> and the Bible? Um, basically, I read through all my books, and I, I, I did. I had a bit of a hard time because I hadn't read books in a long time, and I kind of didn't remember what was going on. And like, Civil War was supposed to be the big thing, and 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 uh, like there was. I, I almost picked Wolverine, honestly, because I had a lot of fun reading it. But I thought that overall, it didn't quite. It was really good, but it wasn't. It wasn't upper echelon quality. And then as I was finishing up, I went back and looked at X Men again, and I just thought that was really good. And like the more that I flip through it, and the more that I look at it, um, I really appreciated it. And and you know also because I've said before, like I don't quite understand what's going on in all of the astonishing X Men. And in this one, I I pretty much had it. And also as I started my review off like this, uh, the cover is like the best cover I've seen in such a long time. <laughs> That's this is like my favorite cover of, of for a really long time. And I really thought that the Wolverine joke was getting kind of old. The joke in Astonishing X Men, of course, is that they they mind altered Wolverine is uh, he thinks he's a little kid but he's like a little like a little British kid a little poncy British kid which I guess would be like from from the origin Origin. story I guess yeah Yeah, it'd be like if he didn't become Wolverine they they pushed him back to that state isn't he Canadian though? Well, yeah, but it was like Ponzi Canadian because Canada is more British. Canada then. is actually linked to Britain, Connor. I don't know if you know that part of the Queen's. Well, realm. is he from? It's only part of it is. Right. Yeah, but his part, family would have been from England. Though. His yeah, he's from an aristocratic family as well. Right. So, yeah. uh, I've claws, you know. 
He was just a little, he was like uh, the si- Simon, the old Mike Myers sketch. That's, that's kind of how he acts. <laughs> Mummy makes me wear a helmet. Um, but it was really funny, and like it's just a great cover because he's just kind of peering around the corner, and they use the one claw on his face, and he's kind of scared. And if you've seen it, it's really good. And then of course that leads to uh, what is also besides the best cover, the best single page of five panels that I've seen in a comic book for a really long time where a can of beer plops him on the head and he looks at it and there's a rack focus on the beer can to his eyes when you can see that he's come back. And it's just, it's a perfect way of uh, doing comics cinematically and without words and telling a story with picture and, and doing it really, really well. Um, and that really got me. Uh, besides that, you start off and you've got, uh, you know, Kitty's going through her personal nightmares. They're trying. She's the last one standing, last X-Men standing, basically. And they put her through psychological torture and and they put her in a really horrible uh, situation where she thinks that she's had a kid and it's been taken away from her and she's got to go against all the X-Men. And uh, just, I mean, that's just the writing part of it. The art part of it is, it's Cassidy, who, uh, he's got to be, he's got to be the best guy working right now, I think. I can't think of anybody better. I don't know what happened to Travis Charest. That's the only other guy who's out of art I considered close to this. Yeah, what happened to him? I love He that. got hired by, um... Something French. Yeah, the, the um... Humanoids. Humanoids Publishing. He does French books. Yeah. Uh, which is too bad. But, I mean, it's not too bad. They're probably good books, but <laughs> I'm not buying them, so... I get, wow, I, I think I just wanted to do superheroes. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good book. Uh, and then there's a you know there's a turn at the end, where I guess this refers to something that happened earlier, but I guess the, the thing is that I didn't even need to read that to appreciate it, so... Well, did you notice that he's wearing the Grant Morrison costume? See, I didn't make that connection until later. But I've, I mean, the, from from thanks to the people on the board, like they've, I've learned a lot. Like there's a lot of references to. This is the only thing that's going with Grant Morrison's thing because apparently Joss Whedon really liked Grant Morrison's run, uh, whereas other people are a little more ambivalent about it. Ron, that's, that's what I meant. <laughs> Which is really funny because it's it's like it's how you know like this is ref- this is making a lot of references to Morrison's run because Whedon really liked it. But I also see it as kind of, you know. Not retconning it, but kind of dealing with it. You know what I mean. Whereas the other books are just kind of ignoring it. Which you like, so yeah, which is fine. But, yeah, the Marvel's I mean, thing really is to ignore it. Well, no, like if it happened yeah. and they don't like it, they right. just move on. Right. Which 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 is Marvel's thing. But I but even even bad things I don't like just ignoring it. You know what I mean? Like I like dealing with it. You know, and, and like mm-hmm. everybody freaks out at the retcon, but the ret- retcons. I mean, honestly, retcons are what keep these comics going for so long. God, yeah. You know, and so they like, wouldn't work any other way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. um... Um, can I can I ask you one question? Are Xavier's eye li- eyebrows always like that? No, they're not. And that freaked me out. That's they're, the only thing really I didn't like, but I didn't want to write about it because I didn't know if that was like 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 no, old... he's all about the eyebrows. I mean, he's uh, Cassidy's drawing um, Xavier and Cassandra Ke- uh, Ke- Nova similar to Quietly, which which I you know don't like. But whatever, I guess he'd be the creepy eyebrow, wispy, vulcany <laughs> kind of face. But um. But what I what I think is really funny is that because ever since the last issue, the speculation is what's in the box, you know, like you know, and um, uh, vague seven reference. And before that, the the question was who's the who's the hooded person of the Hellfire Club. And I just think it's so funny that the the majority of speculation I always heard was that no no matter what any kind of mystery in the X Men, the answer everybody always assumes oh it's Jean Grey. Oh, it's Jean Grey. Well, it's always yeah. been Jean Grey, isn't it? Yeah, I know exactly. It's like it's like because I remember who who we were talking to somebody in San Diego, and they're, they're just like they're like, "Come on, who's who's the chick under the hood? You know, it's Jean Grey, you know." And it, a great twist is that it was this other Emma, 
and then um, or the original Emma or whatever. And I, then, uh, yeah, I, don't, I actually don't get that either. It's my pick of the week. I don't know anything about it. Well, no, the thing is, that the, the two Emmas I don't get either. Like there, okay. there's no there yeah. there there's no explanation of that yet. Um, okay. So it's that's really kind of you know honestly confusing and because the 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 Emma that seems to be in control now is straight out of the the early eighties Dark Phoenix Hellfire um, Club yeah Hellfire Emma. Club yeah okay. it's the the Corsity Emma whereas the Emma now is you know X Men and 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 they it look seems almost a Superman three thing where it's good and bad Emma yeah 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 mm-hmm. um but um so so that's that's the the Emma thing but then the the box. Everybody's just like, oh, you know, it's Jean Grey's body. It's Jean Grey's body. You know, it's like it's funny how that's always the go-to, and I'm glad no, that. No, you know, the way that I read it was that it was Cassandra Nova's, her essence or whatever, which doesn't explain how she's in that bot. Like I don't understand how she's there, and uh, I guess they kind of allude to it with the the sword people saying that they're getting flickers of Cassandra Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, because basically she, you know, she takes over bodies, and you know, and and. You know that's how she that's how she keeps going. Finally, if yeah. I may, the the uh, I will just comment on the last page how they did something unthinkable. What they used the gun? No, 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 no. Scott Summers looks cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh you like that? Shot at well, that, that's the one thing that made me really really kind of um, I because it was a great scene and it was really cool. But the, what I stepped away from was like I was like, oh, they like this could be a major change for Cyclops. Like if he right. doesn't need the visor anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and are you okay with that? I don't know. Well, it doesn't seem like he'd have the optic blast at all. If he did, he would use them, wouldn't he? True, good point. I mean, maybe they turned I thought his powers of that. off. Yeah, yeah, because his eye, also his eyes are not red, and typically when his visor was off and, and he does have his powers, his eyes are red. So. You've, got, you've also got to sort of make the, the assumption that, that like, uh, he's going to now make him the center of this part of the story, which is yeah, you yeah. must like. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's awesome. My favorite thing about this run is how they've made Kitty Pride a badass. She rules. Because you really don't... I mean, I always thought she was kind of goofy. No, she's always been a badass, though. But, I mean, the idea of using her powers in these ways, like putting the axe in Cyclops and Colossus' head, or putting Emma in the ground. Yeah. She's a a very You realize her her powers can be really scary if used properly. She's a very modern uh, sort of female superhero. In the sense, like, she's not uh, TNA-based at all. Right, no, she's... I mean, the the thing with her is that she's she's always had this, like... Um, you know, kind of in- intelligent charm to her. You know, like she's you know because not only do her powers whack out computers, but she's also very gifted with with technology and with computers. And and she you know Wolverine trained her to fight, so she doesn't look she looks kind of timid, but she could probably kick your ass. You know, right. so like she she and it's very much up Whedon's kind of alley. You know, mainly you know Buffy was you know she's the inspiration for Buffy as it is. So. But she's also I mean she's just a very non sexualized female superhero, which is actually right. She's always rare. Wear, she's always wearing the non revealing costume. And, but yeah, yeah. people love her. Fanboys love her. Meaning that meaning that you don't have to have Power Girl to have to have dudes like a female character. Right. That, that's the that's the point that that's that that's the point that I think is made. I've been having a lot of conversations around this theme where it's like where it's like you know people there are things that people think there there are archetypes or stereotypes that people think work such as you know TNA heroine characters. And they might work on the surface, but for a deeper, more long-term appreciation, it's a character like Kitty who people will will love for you know a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just it just takes it's just a little more subtle and it takes a little longer. You know, it's not as it's not as obvious. Right. So I don't know. But I mean, are you guys both in agreement? It was a good book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. It was a wonderful week for the mutants. Let me tell you. It was. It was. Yeah. You had X Factor, <laughs> X 
Ben. Uh, well, Wolverine. and and I mean, and your your almost pick Wolverine. I mean, well, because it was a big Civil War book, and the uh, the X Men connection to Civil War is Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was I, I now. I just read all my books last night because I've been away this week and I couldn't – apparently I was in New Orleans and apparently there's one comic book store left in New Orleans and it was like 10 miles from where I was and so I didn't get a chance to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, um, so I didn't get my books till last night and I was actually impressed – I was way impressed by Wolverine. I could understand why it was almost your pick. That would have been my pick. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was really good. And the scene, the scene at the end with Wolverine and Emma and Scott was awesome. Mm-hmm. Was the, the argument as to be getting involved and doing the right thing, and what do we need to do? And it just continued that kind of, you know, um, well, that kind of theme. I, I thought that one thing that it did that, um, and we'll get into this in a minute, I guess, as we do our all Marvel Civil War theme podcast. Woo! Uh, the the one thing that I, I found interesting is that this is the only book, at least way more than the main title, that's really made it a, a believable political scenario. Correct. Right. Well, the great yeah, thing is that if you're not if you're not reading Wolverine, you're only reading Civil War. You have no idea why the Civil War is really happening. Well, and that—that's the thing—is that it's—it's—it's it's, it's the inherent, you know, joke of this crossover. I think, which is that you know they made such a big deal in the beginning about how you only need to buy Civil War and you can read that story, and you don't need to buy the supporting books. And the supporting books are where the the depth and the the interesting stuff is coming out of. But I think it's true. I still think that's true. You can still read Civil War and like it. I mean, there's a guy yeah, at my but, office but you're who not getting only nearly, read Civil War. No, but he—he's yeah. he's still enjoying it. Is what it's saying. It's still a self-contained story in that. You just don't have the d- deeper level of meaning to it. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's still a really good book on its I mean, own. Th- this is this is ma- this turned, you know, Wolverine's Hunt for Revenge into a really interesting kind of political, you know, like who's in it and why. I'm kind of wondering if this will surface in the other in the other in the main Civil War story though. Like yeah. is this just going to be something that exists here? If you read Wolverine good and if not, then it may as well not have happened. Yeah, I don't know. But all I got to say is I was psyched to see Forge. <laughs> you I love Forge. Forge rules. I was like, who's that guy? Forge rules. Um, I like the art more and more every month. The art was good, except except Emma. in the term of, in the term of sexualizing characters, I groaned a little at Emma. Yeah, right. I well, that's I mean that's ninety yeah. percent of comics. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's this guy's. Um, thing. Plus, she's she's sexualized more than anybody any character, so it's not. I wasn't right, surprised true. at all. Yeah, true. I don't know, but I don't think she would be wearing like a seventeen year old's clothing. Yeah, that that was that was the thing was that she was you know the the white tank top with the purple bra sticking out yeah. really I didn't really why not she's in her twenties girls in her twenties wear right yeah and and I guess she's home and she's casual she doesn't always need to be in the boot I know a ton of girls are dressed like that yeah I know but I, she, I know you do all right the, don't rub it in she's the white queen though I don't right, know yeah, yeah, like she's like home different. she doesn't have to wear the costume all the time right yeah she's not gonna wear the cape all the time yeah I know but there's a certain level of like like you dress like a teenager you can dress sexy it's not teen it's not teenager dressing. It's unfortunately. It's well, not, not. fortunately. <laughs> For us, it's not anymore. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Anyway, um, so Wolverine was good. I, I I agree, it was very good, and I could see why it was a close. There were some really fun lines in it, and it was a good yeah. time. So, so, sh- so should we um, discuss the the book? Yeah, sure. What the heck? <laughs> Superman six fifty six, right? Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> not, not, that not that one. So, Civil War finally came out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't My feel first... like it's doesn't feel like it's been that long, by the way. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It, was it supposed to come? What has it been? True, like is it on time or did it come out earlier than they said it would? It's a month. It's a month late. Oh, okay. They said it was going to be six weeks late, though. That's what I mean. Like, did they did they over under promise and over deliver? That's what you know. I like, think. I mean, the, we yeah. we got the last one right at the be- the Wednesday before the Comic Con. Right. That was two months ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I was a little disappointed in the art. I thought it was I thought it was way way worse than the other three issues, and I thought 
seemed for, rushed. It seemed really rushed, really sketchy, and if we waited that long for the arc and it was that bad, why did we wait that long? Yeah. I thought there was maybe only four or five really, really good panels. The rest looked like he was rushing it, and that looked, and I was really disappointed in the art. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. I, I, thought, I, I thought it was a big difference in the last three. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and the plot twists? Meh. Meh. I thought the Thor thing was a huge cop-out. I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. You liked it? Yeah. Thor's dead. Right. Yeah. So how else I guess I guess in a sense you're right. I mean, like everyone would have been like, "Well, great, now Thor's back again." It's wor- a way, time, way worse cop that would have been just bringing him back. That's a good point. That's a good. Point. It depends on but which the, way you're looking at it. I, wa- I wasn't surprised by the Sue Richards thing, by the way. I mean, I kind of had a feeling something like that was going to happen. Well, she's been on the fence, yeah. I think, hasn't yeah, she? Yes, yeah. yes. I really liked when she and Johnny were leaving the Baxter Building. I liked how. how it's raining, and she's got a little Invisa bubble above her to keep her dry, and Johnny's got a little fire bubble above him to keep him dry. I think I noticed that. Yeah, that, 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 was cool. was real, that was really cool. So, was, so what's the deal? Now Falcon's not from the street? Well, he was only from the street in that one... He was only from Avengers, the street in, the, yeah, in Avengers, right. Yeah, exactly. I love Bitter Angry Cap. Bitter Angry Mangled Cap? He's yeah, really... I mean, he's, been, he's at the edge, and I've never seen him at the edge before. And that's, I love is... that. Maybe this is a, a, a function of them saying that everybody's been pushed to extremes, but, like, I don't know, I, I, it feels to me like that bitter angry cap, like, he's, he's way too far gone, he's not making right decisions. Right. And, and, I mean, I understand he's been pushed really far, but he's Captain America, like, he's supposed to be the one who always makes the right decision. Well, that's, that's the whole quagmire. Well... So, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's even that bad yet that he'd have to be at that point, and vice versa, the idea of using the villains... Is yeah. seems like the worst idea of all time. Like, haven't these people ever read comic books? <laughs> well, I think if 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 you're fighting your friend for your own survival, then you're going to be in the worst extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Cap thing is I don't mind. The villain thing is I can I can definitely see your point, but I I think Cap is in a very believable place. If he's I mean, fighting Tony Stark for his own survival, sure, and and the life of his friends, then that's no. that's a bad place to be in. Now, admittedly, I didn't. I didn't really get the rift in the scene when, um, when Cable and the girl from Young Avengers and um, the Squadron Supreme guy l- broke off. Like, I didn't get the argument. They thought it was uh, Thor. They thought they were screwed and they were all going to die. So they were. Right, yeah, but but the thing is, I didn't believe Cable would do that. Like, I, I mean, I guess you know, Nighthawk, I could understand, and I don't I really didn't even know it, who Nighthawk was. He yeah he's he he was in the Defenders and he originally came over with the squad with the like, Squadron Supreme. I was like, yeah. why is Harvey Birdman upset? <laughs> He's but, a C um, level character, but I mean, I understand that there was. I understand there was an there there was an arguing, but I didn't believe that Cable would would side in that way, and I didn't really understand why Cassie did. You know, why the Young Avengers kind of like I, that just that split didn't make sense to me. That's all. I mean, it just it seemed kind of it seemed kind of mangled and quick and quickly. If you open to the page where Cap's in the on that where it's a Secret Avengers headquarters and Cap has got his leg in the thing and he's getting tended to. Right in the background, I believe triathlon is standing yes, on the balcony. Yeah, is that okay. him? Just just, just yes. want to note that. Yeah, His costume fine. actually got more... Oh, wait, no. Uh, okay, sorry, I wasn't looking at Triathlon. No, not the 70s guy directly behind Captain America. Who, I have no idea. Who's looks... Afro Lady? Why do they put know. all the black superheroes up there? <laughs> <laughs> it's like to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, God. No, but um, I, I can see why they would leave, because... They, I take it they back. Think... Half the people on the floor are black, too. So yeah, A lot of they... black superheroes in the Resistance. They think that they're they're going to lose now because that the other side yeah. has Thor and they don't want to end up yeah. dead or in the prison, so they're going... Yeah, but they don't know that Sue's coming to join them and well, no. Sue and Johnny. Isn't Cable from the future? Sorry, yeah, but I'm, switch, I'm not going to yeah, do that. A fractured future, yeah. Anyway, um... Well, who's the guy in the mask? 
I don't know who the dude in the mask is. It looks like who's that dude in GI Joe? Oh, Beachhead. No, Beachhead. Oh, I wondered about who that was. No, that's Beachhead's mask. It is Beachhead. That's exactly what I thought it was. Jerk. Beachhead is the uh, is the trainer. Yeah. He's the yeah. He's the crane operator. I love that shot, by the way, of Goliath in the ground. Yeah, with his face kind of shot. Yeah, there's another really good shot of Goliath when he's standing. I think right as he gets zapped. Yeah, that's real good. I can't believe they they did that. That was brutal. I don't even know who Goliath is. Yeah, that was a thing. I I felt no nothing because I was like, I don't know who this guy is. So yeah, no, I know. So that's supposed to be a major character. So apparently, if somebody exists more than ten years, that makes him a major character. Yeah, he's been around for a while. I mean, he's you know typical scientist guy. Took up the you know worked with Hank Pym. Got the picked up the um, hasn't been seen since. Became Goliath. Yeah, exactly. He he was he was around in the nineties too. He actually in the nineties he was called Black Goliath. (laughs) Uh, That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they really. It was awful. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a powerful death. What though. I didn't what I didn't understand was was okay. It was in the very beginning when Dagger asking Thor where he's been, and then Thor go no Dagger. That would be like when has Dagger and Thor teamed up? No, no, no. It's a, <laughs> but he, they know who they are by reputation. I don't. Cloak and Dagger are really kind of on the fringes. I'm sorry, yeah. they were very underground and very. But they've been know, in like, every yeah, major they, crossover, and haven't they? Probably, probably hung out with the Avengers a lot. They're in New York. I just, Probably, I just never. Like, I mean, I know Dagger's and... hot, and I know Thor likes the likes the the carnal thing, the the, the lights. But I just don't think that I I was like I was like Thor I was Dagger. I was just I was put off from the very beginning because I was like that's not what Thor talks like. Yeah, well, and I was really like, was a clone. I, I know I really wanted to hear Thor speak, and I was quite upset. Connor, you Clo- made me love Thor speak. By the way, yeah, Thor speak is, the, is years the, ago. One of the best things ever. <laughs> like when he says, "You are all going down." That's not. Yeah. That's no kind of Thor speak. Even yeah. Clone Thor wouldn't talk like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just uh. as a point. But Bullseye? I mean, they're really... Come on. What do you mean? They're going to let Bullseye out to do this? What a dumb idea. Well, isn't Bullseye in prison? Isn't he in Rikers? No, he got out, remember? Oh, right. Well, apparently they, they caught him, him again. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bullseye? Yeah. Who are yeah, these people what? on the back page? I got Venom, Bullseye, Taskmaster... Uh, the the chick that, that you think is Electra is actually Lady Deathstrike. Lady Deathstrike, that's what I thought. Yep. Hobgoblin. Is that Hobgoblin? Or Jack O'Lantern or something? Jack O'Lantern. Merv Pumpkinhead from The Sandman. Who's the Who's the guy with the Hawkeye kind of mask behind Lady Deathstrike? Mm. Anti Hawkeye. And who's yeah, that, Who's and not Rogue? Black Hawkeye. No, that's the chick from the Thunderbolts. I think isn't it? Is oh right, right. Songbird. Yeah, yeah, Songbird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. All right. I well, that's not going to go badly at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, that That's going to work out great. It's just so <laughs> obviously bad. It's like, hey, let's all yeah. do crack. <laughs> That'll make us feel better. Like, like it's just fraught with peril. <laughs> so, well, we don't feel good, so maybe we should do some illicit drugs. There's no way that could end badly. It's just it's a horrible like, like Tony Sparks was supposed to be smart. Yeah. Who is this woman at the funeral? Is it the, at Black oh, the woman from the from the first issue that that yelled at Tony? I hope this is helpful for listeners because it's very helpful for me. Yeah. Well, in the in the Mrs. First... Sharp. At the funeral, at the funeral in Stamford, when the woman yelled at Tony on the steps of the um, of the what you call it of, of the church. Oh, she's a f- um, mother of a kid that died. Yeah, I yeah. see. All right. Yeah. If, there, if the issues came out on time, I, I remember. No, yeah, possibly. Well, it's well, still in ten, I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't remember. In ten years, when you're reading the omnibus version, because this is like the next Watchmen, it will make sense. So. This is the next Watchmen. The day that, that was that... said tongue in cheek. Yeah, I think so. so. All right. So, Civil War came out. Yay. Um, but there... so let's let's move let's move to the opposite end of the spectrum. What do you say? Okay. So Connor recently asked me wh- whether I was okay with the end- upcoming ending of Strangers in Paradise. So we've got six issues left to go, and I believe my response was, eh, "I'm okay with it." I'm I'm I'm. Yeah, you were I'm... pretty. You were not blasé, but you were pretty centered about the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's like I, I you know thought about it, and yeah, everything comes to an end, and this is good, and and and, and, and yeah, type thing. 
Um, and I wasn't, and, and ESC said, is, are, the, are they, the, these last issues getting to you? And I said, no, not really. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I'm reading or whatever. Yeah, and, then, and then issue number 84 came out this week. <laughs> and, and I'm not okay with this at all. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, I mean, this, it's been, big stuff has been happening and, and they're moving towards things and you can kind of tell the direction, you know, that he's kind of tying all, he's you know, tying all the plot lines to kind of wrap up at the end within these last six issues and some, you know, major moves are made in this issue to kind of, you know, that makes you hopeful that the characters will get to where you want them to be. But it was, I mean, this was a, this was a, it was a tough but good read for me this week. I mean, like, very, like, normally I, I groan when there are multiple pages of the prose when he works that in. Uh, typically, Terry will, will draw, like, a, a single splash page and then have a page of prose. It was really well done, though. It was really well done. It was really, really good. And, and, and I'll be honest, it, it got me a little choked up. Yeah, this so. was a great issue. Yeah, it was really, um, really good. I mean, I, I know that there are people out there reading this in trades, so. I don't know yeah. if I'd want to give anything away or not, but but let me ask. Okay, yep. do you think do you think it, it's gonna go good or bad for him? For Terry? No. <laughs> oh, David. Here I am trying to be cryptic. If people who are no, following along, they'll understand. <laughs> who's him? There's only one male character in the book. So David. Yeah. Oh. No, he's toast. He's toast. You think? Yeah, he's toast. Really? Yep. Hmm. I don't know. I think probably. I think I think the not cop out is that he has to do that. Well, because the, well, the thing is, the thing is, is that they um, they I don't know I don't know how much you remember the, the previous eighty three issues, but like right around issue fifty or so, they jumped. He ju- He did a time shift and he jumped away in the future. Oh yeah, I kind and of he, remember. It's been a long not, time, and he's not around. So that's my guess. I, I mean, like I'm trying to I'm trying to piece all those time shiftings together. Did you notice that he numbered the uh, pages, the prose yeah, pages? He always he always does that. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's awesome though. Yeah, but he's on, but, he's um, on, he's on fire. I mean, like he knows these characters. It's, I think it's going to be a good ending. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. I can't. And wait. it should end. Yeah, I love yeah, this no, book, it, but it should end. Just like Six Feet Under, and it should have ended. You know. Right, and and honestly, the Six Feet Under ending was probably one of the best endings of anything. What a great um, ending. Yeah, it was oh, great last geez. episode. Talk about choke. Talk about yeah. choking up. Oh, jeez. But um, but yeah. So so Strange Paradise. It, so I I I'm a loser because it got me. <laughs> so he made Griffin oh, well. Silver look just like uh, the Sandman in the beginning, though. Yeah, he did. But I think that exactly. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Frank <laughs> Miller does the Sandman with a guitar. <laughs> with a guitar, yeah. But um. Yeah, these. I mean, like, they're they're. It's funny because, like, you know, ten years ago, I used to use Strangers in Paradise a lot to make stickers um, for my zine, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of panels and pictures that I'm like, oh, that could be a great sticker. So um, it was good to see that kind of. Whereas, like in the past, like the past year or two, I haven't really been too jazzed about this because I feel as if he's kind of been going through the motions and and the art really hasn't stuck out or whatever. But for some reason, this just felt this felt like I dream of you again. See, the past couple of years, I think he's been he's been on the road to I have to tell all these parts of the stories yeah, now exactly. so that there yeah. aren't holes which I guess yeah. you could see as utilitarian but I liked it I enjoyed it like yeah. I enjoyed David's story oh, yeah, no, and all I, that I stuff I still enjoyed it but it just it, it didn't have that same like energy and same feel that the that the volume 2 had for me yeah. and I know that's part of that it'll never be like that again blah 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 but like I got that feel with this issue mm-hmm. you know like I gasped at, at pages you know yeah, like, nice oh. cover by the way very nice very cool he's, he's experimenting with the different you know like the mm-hmm. little you know, I don't know what method. This looks like chalk or something like that. Or? It's watercolor. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an artist. I don't it's know. It's watercolor. 
Is it watercolor? No, it's not. It looks more rougher than watercolor. It's probably digital watercolor. No, oh, interesting. Anyway, it was really cool. So, good week for Trains of Paradise. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, there's a little indie book for you, folks. So, That's wait, what happened? He's, he's I get, what happened? What <laughs> happened? Connor, wake up! Wake up! I'm sorry. I was doing crap. That's the most cliched joke we have. <laughs> I think so. It, if you like Strangers of Paradise and you want to get into it, you could purchase it from our fine sponsor, uh, Comicold.com. Um, Those pocket they, books work real good, or whatever they are. Yeah. Comicold.com carry, Comicold.com carries um, all the Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, and other indie books, and typically they're about thirty to fifty percent off. Um, they've got a great subscription service for monthlies, and um, they're, as we've talked about before, their packaging packaging is excellent. Um, so if you go to comicold.com uh, and tell them that ifanboy.com sent you, um, we'd appreciate it. So comicold.com, your place for comics online. All right, so good week, big week, but good week. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of books. I got kind of mixed up in what were from last week and what was this week because I had to get them all at once. All jumbly. I picked up um, Ex Machina because I actually missed that uh, last week. It was a weak week for uh, DC, though. DC? Yeah. What, is, what is DC? Exactly. No, yeah, I agree. Oh, the, the fucking Flash came out, and I was so disappointed that it wasn't that artist. I think I'm done with the Flash. If anybody from DC is listening, whoever drew, the guy who drew issue number three, bring him back and leave him on the book. Trust me, I'll buy it. I'm no, done I'll with it. Anyway. I'm done I'll buy with it. it. Anyway. Connor nice. will buy it. Are you both still buying Checkmate? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Will you continue to do so? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Because yeah. there's somebody with my last name who works on it. I just looked at the cover and I saw the credits. Because you have such an unusual last name. I know. <laughs> oh, and real quickly, we were talking about this on the on the board. Um, uh, yes, last night actually. But for some reason, I bought Wetworks number one. Yeah. Why? Why? I, I almost it did was... because I saw Mike Carey's name, but apparently he can't do anything other than Lucifer. No, I'm like I'm actually thinking of returning it. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can, but like I I I feel so like dissatisfied customer. Like I might send it to Jim Lee, and I'm like, what is this? So anyway, he'll right. reach over with two hands and open the cover. <laughs> he'll reach over with two hands. <laughs> he'll, have to ju- he'll have to jump on it so that it closes. <laughs> he runs across the page and feels it. Up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> pocket sized. So, all right. Um, so we had a big week for uh, from our listeners again. All right, all right. Our first one comes from Ray from California. Um, uh, this is an email. Um, he says, "What's up, my fanboy?" And this is typically normally we try to summarize the emails, but this is one I'm going to read out straight because I think it's important too. Um, he knows how much uh, you guys. He knows how much we like giving relationship advice. So he has a question to us about dating. He's been going to the same comic shop for the past few years now. Notice that the the owner always seems to hire cute girls to work the counter. Smart. Apparently, the, apparently these girls also actually read comics too. Who knows where he finds them? We'd like to know. <laughs> but anyway, a few weeks ago, this girl started working there who's since struck his fancy. Every time he's in the shop, they riff about whatever's clever, and he seems to get a pretty good vibe from her. He'd like to ask her out, but he's not really sure how, not really sure how to go about doing that. See, normally he would simply get to know her over a period of time, then go in for the kill. Usually, I'm only in the comic book shop for about 15 minutes at a time. You shouldn't kill her. Week. <laughs> He, he always wants to go into the shop more, but unfortunately he has no reason to until new books come out on Wednesday. It, occurred to, it, uh, it has occurred to him that the shipping schedule of comics does not really lend itself to romantic endeavors, which of course may be a good thing considering that most comic book clerks look like that dude from The Simpsons. But anyway, so what should I do, I fanboy? What's my plan of action here? For the record, I personally don't, I don't look like that guy on The Simpsons, so I think I might have a shop. <laughs> I, would, I would say, first of all, the last time we gave romantic advice, we never heard from the guy again. No, oh, he got, they got married. They're, they're getting they married. Engaged, no, no, right? no. The guy from the pilot from San Antonio. Uh, the guy oh, that we yeah. Get. What happened? What happened to you, dude? Yeah. What happened with that? Anyway, all right. So, well, I mean, first off, 
we've, I'm, is any, everybody is familiar with this in some way. Have, you, have we all been through this? No? Familiar with what? What? The, the, Dating? The comic shop. Girls? Thing. No, the girl. I have never shop. been to a store where a girl works at the comic book store. Midtown yeah. Comics has two girls working. Yeah, actually, I did notice that. Here's what you need to know. There, yeah. Every other guy there thinks exactly the same way you do. Yeah. And they all think, well, I'm pretty good looking, too. Well, <laughs> either, either she's been hit on a lot though. or not at all. Yeah, yeah. it's going to go either the, way. That's the only way it's going to go. Here's the yeah. call. Here's, here's, here's the jot. You guys can say whatever. You need to, A, do you have another shop? Give another option, because if you go for this and you bomb, <laughs> you yeah you, you can't you can't not get the comics. Very good point. <laughs> yeah, or or you can just be or you can play it really super cool, and if you bomb, you still go for your books. Fuck it. Yeah, but that's that's a rough one. That's a that's a level eight move. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, um, do you have any advice, or you just or you just have words of caution? You shouldn't. He shouldn't beat around the bush forever. I think he's saying he should just go for it if he plans on it. Well, that, that's the thing, and the thing is, is that like, if he's only there, the thing is, on Wednesdays is probably pretty busy. It's probably pretty hectic. Bad right? day. So, you can't. So chat what, really. you gotta, yeah. what you got to do is you got to start going in on 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 Saturday or on Friday or on Monday under the guise of you forgot to get a book or you want to pick up a trade. Yeah. Or for some, lots some of things reason. you can sh- you can browse at a comic store without right, yeah, being exactly. Wednesday. But you can't do that all the time. You can do no, that no, no. Once yeah, or that, twice. that's it's strate- and the thing is she might not be working those days, so you got to be careful and you got to you know if the if the work schedule is posted behind the the desk, kind of behind the counter, kind of see if you can subtly see what day she's oh, working God. or whatever. Wow, that's but, bad. Or you could just call in and go, "Hello, I was wondering <laughs> if you could tell me what day Mindy is working." <laughs> no reason. I'm a great uncle. <laughs> She's coming to some money. <laughs> um, so finally, My name is Umbabwe. I'm from Nigeria. <laughs> but finally, <laughs> um, um, what you need to do is you need to find a hook other than comics, I think. If she's wearing a t-shirt of a band or if she, you know, you see her, like you see, you know, her driving to work and you see what kind of car she drives or something like that, you need something other than comics. Because if you're basing the whole thing that she's cute and she's in the comics, you're going to fail. You need to find something else to connect with, I think. Um, and then... Just you know, and like Josh said, go for it. Strike, strike, strike up a conversation, and just in you know, and 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 try, you know, you can play the angle. Like, listen, I know you're at work, and I don't want to bother you. Maybe you want to get a cup of coffee after you get off work. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so. I, I'm never a fan of time sensitive uh, flirtations. Yeah, and unless there's alcohol, unless there's alcohol involved, it's usually. But don't go to the store with a six pack and be like, "Hey, want a beer?" Yeah, like that. That's not good either. Drink five of these, <laughs> and I'll be back. Wednesday on a comic on a comic shop's no no good though. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. I so. mean, I would say you don't go in Wednesday. Like, go on well, Thursday or Friday books. and pick... No, go on Thursday or Friday and pick up your books. Depending on the size of the store, the books might not be there anymore Thursday or yeah, Friday. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know if he has a pull list or not. But that, but that's good to not go in on Wednesday because then you're like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good luck, Ray. But really, the point is you just go... Do it or do do it or not. You're not going to kill... You're going to... Yeah, but don't, don't split around it for zone. six months. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't yeah, don't don't turn it into this whole big thing so if she says no then you're devastated. Just fucking just go out there and try it and and you only live once, man. So. It's true. So let, keep us posted on, on the progress. All right, so our next email comes from Scott. Um he just listened to the podcast and it was excellent as usual. Thank you, Scott. But he wants to know what's with the JMS hating? Um, it's a, it was the combination of finding out that JMS was writing comic books in the Sin City movie that pulled him back into collecting after a 15 15 year absence. Um, once he got back into comics, he found that he got, got all the amazing Spider-Man back issues that JMS wrote, and and he's not a really big Fantastic Four fan, but he's he's uh, starting to read that because of JMS. When did he um, write a Sin City movie? No, it was because the, of the, the fact Sin City that movie. they came out. Oh, yeah. I see. Sorry. Yeah. So he wants to know if it's the rewriting of Spider-Man's origin, or is it something general about his writing that we don't like? 
he, he's not very good. <laughs> well, <'cause laughs> it, be, if you if you just got into comics when Sin City came out, you probably missed the JMS's entry point into the world. And what happened was it was like the late '90s, and all of a sudden, this dude who's writing Babylon Five starts writing this fucking awesome comic called Rising Stars. Right? Right. Eight issues blew us away. Blew us away. Possibly, Possibly the best eight issues of a comic. Yeah, could definitely have been considered the next Watchmen. Absolutely. <laughs> and then nothing. It, it tanked. And then he got into some big like tussle with Top Cow over the rights and whatever. And the books came out sporadically over the uh, excruciatingly. <laughs> and sporadically over, means once a year. Excruciatingly over several years. And, and the quality took, went way down. And like, the quality went way down. Yeah, it was. It was just. And it, it, it was a stroke of brilliance that ended up sucking. And then he moved to Marvel and settled in at Marvel and became Casada's little, you know, uh, Dick Cheney. And um, and <laughs> and he st- and he started he he tink- he tinkered with Squadron Supreme with that Supreme Power Max book, which was good. I will which say, which was was all right, but kind of dragged. And then he started writing Spider Man, and then he gave um, and then he gave Spider Man these weird spider based mythical powers. And then he had just, Gwen Stacy have a baby with Norman Osborn. Yeah, exactly. And, and then just, it went to hell. Yeah, and I don't read Fantastic Four, so it might be good. And I've seen him at in the con, and he just seems like a jerk. So I'll make. It I wasn't personal. gonna go that strong on him. I, Jesus. I just, I just made it personal. That was hating. Yeah, <laughs> that really was. I was just gonna say I, I don't really like his work that much. Right, but I the mean, irony, the irony is, is that I buy Amazing Spider-Man. So Amazing Spider-Man, the last since since Civil War, since the Iron Spider, has been really good. Yeah, no, it has. He's, he's kind of hit or miss with me. Like he's done some things that are really good, but I, I think a lot of times he's a little overrated. He tends to start off really strong. Yeah, and then. Um, I don't go even nowhere. know if overrated is it because I, I think a lot of people really like him. Like I don't. Yeah, no, they're people. I, I've, personally, and I think you guys are very similar. We don't really like his work that much. Not that he's well, bad. But people who love Babylon Five. But he's yeah. kind of a blowhard too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, that's what I meant by the jerk. Yeah, I mean, um, he's so, got no low opinion of himself. Scott Scott has one more comment um, on a completely different note. He's been backtracking on a lot of the X Men titles, and he recently read the issue I referred to last week, embarrassingly about the shower scene with Jean Grey and Psylocke, and he thought it was amusing. And no, he was, to, he was glad to hear us defend Jim Lee um, as as he's taken quite a few shots on the site. And we I will continue to defend, to defend Jim Lee. He's too small so. to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so God. thank you, Scott, for he the email. He could buy and sell me <laughs> several times over. Many, many, many times over. Uh, Jim and I Lee, respect what he's done in the industry. <laughs> I just have this mental image of Jim Lee holding these huge iPod earbuds to both sides of his head, <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> anyway, so um, Jim Lee, if you're listening, uh, we I'm hope sorry. it's not so. so Hit me, Josh Flanagan's head in a platter. <laughs> All right, so our next email comes from Andrew, who's a relatively new listener to the podcast. So welcome. Um, but. Um, he on the podcast and on Augie's podcast, Augie Dubleek of the Pipeline podcast. Um, he hears references to the idea of pulling out and reading an old issue. Um, having read comics for ten years plus and the like, he imagined like most of our audience, he's he's accumulated quite a collection that weighs more than the food he can eat in a year. So he wants to know how do we store our books without throwing throwing our backs out and digging through boxes. <laughs> I can attest to the uh, fact that Josh has a collection that weighs more than the food he can weigh in, eat in a year. That's uh, a bit true. Yeah. As yeah, I and, I, and I threw my back out. So. <laughs> Um, and interestingly enough, Andrew uh, does an annual event of realphabetizing his collection, so it's all very organized, which is which is great. But um, unfortunately, uh, well, I know Connor and I both have the same solution, where our books are in long boxes and they're in offsite storage units. Yes, so you can't pull I've, out. I've got a third party here pushing for that particular solution as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, so our ability to pull out um, issues is very limited. Um, but the the reorganization, the last time I reorganized the books was was it two thousand one or two thousand two? You sent pictures, and it literally took over my apartment for like a week. I mean, like I had to move I had to move furniture out of the living room and the office area to 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 keep all the books. It was awful. As you two can can attest, I have no organization of any kind. Yeah, no, we were flipping through his long box, and I was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> No organization. I don't care. It's fine. How can you but find you know anything? What I did. You know what I did? Hey, I don't ever go to find anything. Like it's very rare that I'm like I need to check on a Thunderbolts from 1999. Like it doesn't <laughs> happen. But what I did do was when I was going through my books, I pulled out all of the issues of certain series. Like so, I pulled out all of the Why the Last Man, and I pulled out all of the Ultimate Spider-Man, and all the all the fables and all the Queen and Countries and stuff like that, and I put those in order because those are like the really good books that I will. You realize that you were one step away from alphabetizing, like that you had them grouped. All you got to do is put them in order. I didn't alphabetize them. I'm putting them in order, but like right. I just have the collection. I I want to read through Queen and Country again, for example. Right. So, but I have those ready for that. But as far as all like the random Marvel and DC issues of stuff, I don't just really all care. Thrown in. I'm due for a reorganization, and I'm just scared. Question is, how do you get them from the from the storage house? Too? Well, that's the thing is that what I need, what, the next reorganization is going to happen. going to have to happen in anticipation of like moving or something. Where several months advance, I take I stop I take them all out of the storage unit, reorganize, and then put them in the new storage unit. But uh, you know, who knows? Moving on, moving on. Dustin from Minnesota writes: um, If each if each of us were one of the hottest writers in comics today, give it time, Dustin. <laughs> which which of the two companies would you sign an exclusive agreement? The big two companies. Big two companies. Let's say that you've decided to forego freelance work for the steady paycheck and health benefits. Would we go with Marvel? More books in circulation? Perhaps more money because of the great exposure and the wealth of interesting heroes and anti-heroes from which to choose? Well, there's no or, bias in that. Or, D, or DC. Iconic superheroes in the main books. The Wildstorm universe to do subversive superpower stories. And Vertigo to tackle other genres. Biased. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, he no, is. No, he's not. I think he balanced it. No, yeah. no. You thought he was biased towards Marvel? Absolutely. No, t- yes, absolutely. He just said DC had iconic superheroes, subversive superpower stories in Wildstorm, and Vertigo. Tech- it's a- I would uh, take issue with the more interesting heroes and antiheroes from Marvel, and the fact right, well, that there I, are more books in circulation, which is not true. It's almost 50-50 at this point. I, th- I, think, we're, I think we're getting – I think you're distracting the point. Biased. So, so, you, so you're, a, you're a hot writer. You're going to sign a exclusive contract, DC or Marvel. You got Joe on one phone, and you got the, D- the DO on your other phone. Who do you sign with? Marvel. Really mm-hmm. interesting, Connor. Um, DC. I don't know. I don't know anything about Marvel characters. Yeah. I, th- I would go ahead. I would. I would go with DC. Really? Yeah. You know why? No. Because DC is backed by Time Warner, and they're a True. much more stable company. Eh, but I bet they have better benefits. Yeah, and the thing is, do. I would make my splash, and then I'd make a big deal two years or at the end of my contract about moving to Marvel. The reason I said Marvel, <laughs> the reason I said Marvel was because uh, I think uh, a couple of years ago I would have definitely gone with DC because of the because of Vertigo's there, and you could do other stuff there. But Marvel has Icon now, so if you wanted to do your own thing, you have that. Not really. Under. But the they thing don't is really that, do from what I understand, from what I understand of Icon, Good is that though. it's not like it's Marvel has Icon. It's like Bendis and and yeah, and, and Mac they don't put and anything else out. And Brubaker. Yeah. I mean, like it's a possibility. Though. Right now, um, Icon ha- is putting out the following books. They're putting out Powers. They're putting out Kabuki. Mm-hmm. They're putting out Criminal, and they put out the the Kirby thing that just came out. The 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 whatever the the Jack Kirby re- you know stuff that they found right. or whatever. So. It's not like it's a huge thing, and you. And aside from the Kirby thing, you can see the, the scenario is one of the click. hottest writers in comics. So if I went to them with any original series and wanted to do it, and they would do it, then that would be just as good a place to do it as anywhere, and I'd still own it. 
I don't know. It seems like all the people who want to do that go go back over to DC. So there must be a reason for that. Well, Vertigo. The, the difference is that Vertigo, Vertigo books have a certain feel to them. So you can't just do anything under it. It's not like Image. Whereas Icon, you get the sense it could be anything. There's some things that you right. couldn't get done at DC. Yeah. No. So yeah. I mean, like the like the, the other thing. Um, the other thing. There's, it, an, there's editing going. There is editing going on. Yeah. I so. I just feel like the the leadership at DC is a little older and a little more staid. In that, in yeah. like Paul Levitz and Dan DiDio. yeah, than than some of the some of the stuff going on in Marvel. That's just a perception thing, though. Yeah, good question, though. Fun, fun. Very to think good about. question. So um, that wraps up our emails. If you have an email or a question that you want to ask us, you can send us uh, that email to contact at ifanboy.com. And we love getting the emails, and we respond to everyone. So even if we don't read yours on the podcast, we will get back to you eventually. <laughs> so voicemail. Um, our first voicemail comes from um, Luke from New Zealand, topping um, our one last week from Australia, and he actually sent along an MP3 as opposed to calling the 1-800 number, um, which is pretty cool. So let's hear what Luke has to say. Hey guys, this is Luke Bat from Fokatani, New Zealand. Love the show, been listening since the Comic-Con video, and it's great to hear people chatting about comics, especially when you're a few hours away from the local comic book store, and not many people have the level of enthusiasm to them as I might. Anyway, saw that you were at the Isotope store the other week and was wondering what you thought of the proprietor. James Sign. Do you think he's copying the look of the character Isotope from Robert Kirkman's Invincible, or is Rob just doing a cool shout-out to the guy? Anyway, great chatting, and keep up the great work. Well, Ron, Ron knows the answer to that. All right, well, before we get to the answer, I mean... The guy's in New, New Zealand. That's crazy. That's awesome. And apparently New Zealand and Australia are, like, the worst places to be into comics, because it seems like they've got to go miles to get their... Well, there's no gasoline. Open. There's a guy with a mask <laughs> running around on a big bike, hitting people with spiky sticks and... <laughs> and all these little people with big feet walking around. Mad Max, anybody? All right, go ahead. Yeah, and I made a Lord of the Rings thing. All right, anyway. Um, so James, um, what do we think? James is awesome. Uh, James from Isotope. What do we think of him? He's a great guy. Um, as far as his look and the character Isotope from Invincible, James is completely ripping off that character. He named his store after the character, and he changed his look to match the character. It's actually quite, it's quite disgusting, actually. And, and I told him, I'm like, you know, you could be a little more original than that. So, um, so read between the lines, Luke. <laughs> uh, so thank you for sending that um, MP3, Luke, from New Zealand. And if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you listen to us as well, please, you know, speak up. Um, so our next uh, voice. He really took the initiative, too. He really did, yeah. yeah. Well, l- last week when you were in here, Josh, the guy from Australia sent an MP3 as well, which oh. is pretty cool. Yeah. Well. So, and they have similar accents, God, although lucky. slightly different. Um, <laughs> all right. So our next voicemail comes from uh, Connor's favorite, Jimski. Hey, iFanboy.com. This is Jimski calling from the relative safety of St. Louis, Missouri, uh, far, far away from anyone who wants to hurt me. Uh, we here in the Midwest, and especially in the Gateway City, the jewel of the Midwest, are uniters, not dividers. So I will say that I see no reason why Jim Lee should be unemployed. The fact that he became popular right at the exact moment that I stopped reading comics the first time was mere coincidence. And I'm sure if I'd been a little bit younger, I, too, would have had uh, all sorts of strange feelings about his panels of uh, Jean Grey undressing in the shower. Um, I will also say that, uh, yes, I'm going I'm to say this out loud, yes, Alan Moore is a little overrated. From Hell was aptly titled, uh, I'll Never Get That Time Back. And uh, I find it interesting that he reacted so negatively to the V for Vendetta movie, 
given the fact that both Watchmen and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen were supposed to consist of little more than him screwing with other people's characters uh, beyond all recognition. Now that I've alienated the entire fan base, I have a question for you three. If you're anything like me, you've come to the conclusion lately that you spend twice as much time reading about comics as you spend reading comics. So if you were to try and fix this problem for me or yourself and had to boil it down to like the most essential websites or uh, podcasts for you to spend your precious time on in a given week, how much time would that be allotted for that, and uh, who would you recommend? Uh, just a random question. Please, uh, nobody hit me. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimski really, really brings it, doesn't he? Boo, Jimski. Boo. <laughs> uh, he also doesn't pay credence to our warning to keep him short and brief, unfortunately. <laughs> I think he scripts it. I think he does, too. To be honest with you. It was funny, though. He's got talking points or something. <laughs> Bullet point. He's got a PowerPoint yeah. in front of him, and he's... <laughs> <laughs> so his question, how much time do we spend reading back comics? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The most important thing is he's completely wrong about From Hell. Yeah, he is. That's yeah, one, of the, what's good, one yeah. of the best graphic novels ever created. Yeah, it's not yeah, an easy good. read, though. But that's wrong. Jimski, you disappoint me. I mean, yeah. I mean I'll wow. get to the fact, like, it's, it's, it's hard to get through. And the first time I had a hard time, I read it again, and it was better. I, I had no problem getting through it. It just terrified me the entire way through, but well, I had no problem. You're a reader. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, now I really appreciate it, but I, I can understand, like, it, it doesn't speak to everybody. It's very, very uh, steeped in, in Victorian British era stuff, and it's not the easiest thing. Though. Maybe Jim Ski's I think not you, up I to think it. you have to have a certain, but you also Come have on, certain, I'm calling him out and you're talking over. <laughs> you have to have a certain proclivity proclivity towards that towards that uh, subject matter. Proclivity towards that subject matter. Sure. matter. You know, Connor, you're interested in Ripperology, so, you know, so it's, it's up your alley. So. But do you love it because of From Hell? Like, did you get into it after you read that? No, no, no. I've always been. I like the true crime mystery. Yeah, I've I've always been fascinated by Jack the Ripper, and 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 that, and I was psyched to read the the graphic novel because of that. You know. So anyway, if anything, um, Alan Moore is underrated as a graphic novelist. Yes, he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't. So it's too bad that just our great unwashed hordes of comic fans are the only people who appreciate him. <laughs> Not everybody, apparently, Jimski. <laughs> so, uh, what are you, a commie spy? What's going on? Inko. Onto his question: How much time spent reading about comics, and what websites to check out? Less, and less I, than I, I used to. And I can't. <laughs> and I can't believe you know he even has the gall to ask this. <laughs> Considering there's only one spot on the web that you need to go to for all your comics news and discussion, and that's ifanboy.com. Except we get all the stories from other places. <laughs> that's the point. It's a summary. Uh, I I read actually much less about comics than actually I used to. Me too. Yeah, which is funny. I found uh, that we 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 really we the, at least the three of us spend a lot less time talking about like the moving the movements and comings and goings of comics people and the business, and we spend a lot more time talking about stories and characters and the way that things are being done rather than you know, yeah. the personalities behind it. Because it got like there was recently some editorial moves between Marvel and DC, yeah. and I saw the headlines and I just rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, who cares? That's like that's like that's like oh my god, did you hear the director of public relations for the Mets went to the Yankees? <laughs> It's just like no, it doesn't. You know, like I don't care about that. So, Talk but podcasts you, though, you guys Pod- listen to a lot of podcasts. Comic we do podcasts. listen to a lot of comics. We do. I mean, the, the conversation about comics we do listen to a lot, and, and that sort of thing. Well, what but, are some but, of the ones you guys listen to? Cause... Well, we talked about the comics podcast we listen to already. I mean, I, but as far as the sites, but in my blog roll, in my list of links and everything, I do. I still do check out comic book resources. Um, I don't spend a lot of time there, but I check out you know, Lying in the Gutters and Augie's column and Eric Larson's column. Um, 
I never go to Newsarama. I never go to the Pulse. You never I, go to Newsarama. I, I never go to Newsarama. I do. Only, only when Connor sends me. Only, only when Connor sends. Only when Connor sends me links, and then I groan. I go, oh, and I click it, and then <laughs> I have to read it, and then I have to comment. And so leave me alone so I can get back to work. <laughs> well, um, then. No, I'm We kidding. know someone's going to get less IMs at work. I know, no, no, I'm joking. I love it. And, and quite honestly, I do, I do read our site, and I like the discussion about comics on our site because it's actually – I, I believe it's fairly substantive, you know, like Josh was saying, about the characters and but the, the issues and, or issues yeah. and themes and things. It's not about exactly. contracts and yeah. bullshit. And, you know, just uh, sort of what goes into making comic books and what makes comic books good and things like that. I'd say that most of the podcasts I listen to have to do with that kind of thing. I I pretty much only listen to interviews of creators now, I think. That and Augie's. Yep, which is brilliant every week. All right, um, our next voicemail comes from Chris from Boston. Hi, this is Chris from Boston, and I just listened to Ron's confession about the shower scene from Uncanny X-Men 273. And I wanted to tell Ron that he's not alone. My moment actually came a few books earlier in number 269 where Rogue falls out of the siege perilous and crashes back into reality in this two-page Jim Lee spread. You know, stark naked, just a few strategically placed wisps of smoke. And I really do believe that one scene just jump-started me right into puberty. So there's my embarrassing comic book secret. Uh, Guys, keep up the good work. And Connor, sorry if this made you uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I remember that issue, Ugh. X-Men 269. That was actually the first issue of Uncanny X-Men I ever purchased. Um, and I remember the exact page he's talking about when Rogue fell out of the, the building and um, she wasn't wearing anything. You're disturbed. But it wasn't nearly as hot as the shower scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm not alone here, guys. I know you guys think I'm crazy, but I'm not alone. So You touched a nerve. I did. I, it's Just not a nerve we want. <laughs> It's not a nerve I we want to touch. It. I didn't want to say it, but it was just uh, I couldn't. So anyway, so thanks, Chris. Um, all right, our next voicemail comes from Jack from Pittsburgh. Hi, this is uh, Jack from Pittsburgh. I just wanted to compliment you on the uh, Booth Babes of San Diego uh, video podcast. That was by far, I think, the best work that you guys have done, and I've watched it like six times already. So it, I really do like it. So I really love the podcast. Even though I have to say, I've never purchased a book you guys have recommended, but I still listen for some reason. So. And I'm not on the Frapper map. I refuse to be uh, held to that tyranny. So talk to you guys soon. I'll keep on listening. Bye. What does he buy then? <laughs> does he buy? Does he read comics at all? <laughs> we recommend a lot of books. I know. <laughs> I, I think we've talked about pretty much every book in existence, including Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Strange. Well, we're glad you liked the video. And if if you don't know what he's talking about, if you look in our feed or if you go to our site, um, uh, we recently put out uh, the last bit of our San Diego coverage, which was a short little vignette about the Booth Babes of San Diego, which I believe you know was a fun time, right, Connor? Yes. Yeah. So thanks to everybody who sent in a voicemail. And if you want to send in a voicemail, you can call us at one eight 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 fanboys. That's three two six two six nine seven. Um. And please try to keep the voicemails brief, about 30 seconds, so you have a better chance of getting on air with that. So, yes. Talking to you, Jimski. <laughs> yeah, but we <laughs> still it played funny. it. It was still, but it was funny. We could not. Anyway. We're telling him one thing. We're doing another. Yeah. So, um, what's going on in the Frapper map that Jack doesn't want to be held to the tyranny of? Which is odd, but we're at 360, which um, is a big jump from last week, about 17 people. Including some highlights, Rob Ellis from Reading, England, Bill Stanley from Riverdale, New York, Tad Stones, 
which is either a really fake name or a really cool name, from Burbank, California, Comic Attic from Youngsville, North Carolina, Eric Michael from Miami, John from Redwood City, California, Carlos from Whitestone, New York, Ni- Ni- Nicholas Leon from Carolina, um, Ryan with an I from Portland, Chuck from Newport News, Virginia, and Jane, finally put a pin in, from Vancouver, British Columbia. Thank you. Get out of here. <laughs> somebody from Whitestone, that's pretty cool. Yes. I heard so. somebody from Burbank, you should go to House of Secrets. Maybe they do. If they Maybe. don't, they should. <laughs> so so <laughs> if you want if you want to be represented <laughs> on our map, you can go to frapper.com slash ifanboy. That's F-R-A-P-P-R dot com slash ifanboy. Or click the banner in the upper right hand corner on ifanboy.com. I think that wraps the show up. <sighs> you okay there? Good have, it was good to have you back, Josh. I Thank you it very feels, much. It feels right now. It didn't feel feel a little off of me. I feel like a feel like kinda of like a comic state with Connor. Yeah. So, it was a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah, a little awkward. And then I started talking about the shower scene. Did you guys just make fun of me the whole time? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really remember it. (laughs) Is it one of those things where you didn't have anything to talk about? You just talked about me? Yeah, we just told told embarrassing stories about you. That's great. Anyway, so so don't forget to check out ifanboy.com. Check out all the discussion. Check out the Pick of the Week thread. See, uh, Read Josh's review and see what some of the other folks on the site were reading this week. And please tell us what you were into this week. Um, if there was a comic that we missed uh, that you thought was really good, let, let the world know. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 188-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, arguments, Jim Ski, Daryl, that sort of thing. <laughs> Jim Lee, we are totally kidding. <laughs> Jim Lee, if you're listening, please leave us a voicemail. Ron loves you, Jim Lee. <laughs> so you can go to myspace.com too slash ifanboy and be our friend and there because we like Jim Lee. Friends. Be our friend on MySpace. So you know or not Jim Lee, anybody really. We could probably look that up. up. We probably could have that up. So and if you also if you like the podcast, go to podcastalley.com or iTunes and vote for us or leave us a rating or leave us a review or a comment or that sort of thing. Um, uh, we love to hear what our users think of us through the various podcast aggregators. And tell your friends about the show and, and introduce it to other people. Maybe people don't read comics because uh, it's a very inclusive show. You know what would be a great idea is if you're interested in some girl at the comic shop, you could be like, Hey, this is really interesting thing that I put on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We could ask her out for him. Oh, that's a genius idea. Oh, oh, Ray from California, email us if you want us to do that. We'll totally ask her out for you if you can get her to listen to the podcast. But don't have her listen to this week's podcast because that's where we talked about it. It would be a spoiler. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> people that propose marriage at a baseball game. Email us. We'll hook it up. Good idea. <laughs> oh, let's kill this. Wait a minute, though. What about money? What about cash money? What about money, Josh? If you, if you want to help us pay for the shows... We'd really, really appreciate that. And you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations. And there are various ways that you could contribute to the show. Uh, and we promise we won't waste the money. But we'll make everything much better over We'll time. make it worth your while. And yes. also, if you go to ifanboy.com slash donations, it's the best joke on the site, as we talked about in earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that's it for this week's show. I'm Ron. Josh. I'm Connor. And hopefully we'll make it to next week, because <laughs> this has been a rough week. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Terrible. Haggard. Haggard.